0: Hello and welcome to the Mind Springs podcast with me Alastair Appleton. I hope you enjoy what you hear and if you'd like to find out more about us then visit mind-springs.org. So welcome to this lovely shrine room. Uh, thank you so much for coming out on a Friday evening. i um, We're going to be talking about uh, dissociation, which might sound like quite a frightening term, but hopefully I'm going to explain it to you. You may already have a notion of what it is, or you may have never heard of that word, and that's perfectly fine. Can I just do a little straw poll here? Who in this room is a therapist? Just just a handful. Who in this room is a Buddhist? Also a handful. Uh, Who in this room meditates? Ah, there you go. That's the common denominator. Very good. And who in this room sometimes spends a lot of time walking around their house trying to remember where they put their keys? Who in this room uh, can be driving on the motorway for several junctions without realising that they've travelled or that they're in the car at all? Yeah. So the subject of this evening's talk is really um, about zoning out, tuning out, missing life, um, being absent from our experience. This is the ballpark of dissociation and to some extent all Buddhist meditation as a corrective to that. So I was just wondering if you could just turn to your neighbour and just compare notes about what are the things that you do in your life where you zone out most. What are the things where you, you choose to zone out? So it could be things that you do to deliberately zone out or things that you notice, oh God, I do a lot of, I miss a lot of my life because I'm, I'm tuned out in a certain activity. So there's the whole, the whole ballpark area of zoning out, tuning out. You can introduce yourself um, and then just... Have a quick chat about that. What were some of the things that we uh, we classically zone out through or because of or by? Any, any examples? Music. Music. No, it's losing yourself in music. Drawing. Drawing. Yeah, losing yourself in art. And... Sanding. <laughs> sanding. Oh, sanding, yeah. Very good, yeah. Artwork, yeah. Swimming. Swimming. Yeah, very good. Hmm? Saying prayers. Saying so prayers, a sort of spiritual practice. TV. Mm-hmm. TV, yes, thank you for being honest. Social hmm? media. Social media, thank you for being even more honest, yeah. Repetitive tasks. Yeah. Does anyone ever find themselves talking to themselves? And uh, do you find yourself singing to yourself when you're on your own? Yeah. Yeah. Humming. I just did a, a retreat. I had, was very lucky to have, my partner was away doing a retreat in, in Colorado. And I had two weeks um, at my house with my dogs doing a retreat um, in silence, a silent retreat in my own home, and I was horrified, I've done quite a few retreats, but I was horrified to notice in the first couple of days that I spent almost every waking moment humming all the songs from Jesus Christ Superstar to myself, (laughs) because I'd heard it like in passing on the radio as I was preparing for my um, retreat, and I realised with uh, Quite a de- uh, quite a amount of shock that for me, I spent pretty much my entire life humming to myself, and never really noticed when I was in the shower, when I was walking around the house <laughs> uh, often quite operatic humming, and I recognized that it was a way of uh, staving off or holding off my experience of my life. It was like a uh, sponge that filled up the space or a kind of inert gas that stopped me really connecting what was going on. And <clears throat> this is this is another example of what in psychology is known as dissociation which is a theme that has fascinated me for many years. I'm, uh, I studied and uh, practiced as a psychotherapist and as part of my training eight years ago we looked at this uh, psychological phenomena of dissociation. And I've been practicing as a meditator mainly in the Buddhist tradition for about 18 years. And I immediately saw that there were parallels between this this phenomena and some of the things that were holding me up in my Buddhist practice. And as I explored it in the psychological uh, field, it became more and more apparent that it has a place in the spiritual field as well. So I thought it would be interesting this evening to talk about it a little bit. Um, I'm going to I'm going to speak for about probably about 40 minutes, and hopefully I'll be able to fill in a little bit of the psychological um ground around this phrase, uh, dissociation, and then maybe bring it over into some parallels with Buddhist thinking around the same subject. And then we can talk a bit about the personal, how it affects us personally, how it affects us culturally. Um, and then maybe also talk a bit about how we can work with it or counter it when in its most extreme forms. So I thought we would begin just by defining the term. Dissociation is really the opposite of association in psychological Um, jargon. In some sense, you could think of it as the uncoupling of our conscious mind from the stuff that's going on in our life. So it's a a sort of semi-conscious blanking out of experience. And in uh, human psychology, it has a very interesting pedigree and I'll get to that in a bit. But I just wanted to give you a very ballpark uh, notion of what it is that I'll be talking about. So the first thing in, in psychotherapy, it's a technical term, dissociation. It's, uh, it's used to describe in its very extreme forms what the human organism does in the face of trauma. So when, we, um, when something really terrible happens to us, like an accident or a very sudden loss, when we lose someone in a dramatic fashion, or we're abused, or something, uh, some terrible accident happens to us. What the, the human mind does is rather than be with all that extreme experience, it dissociates. It's a way, a very intelligent way, of surviving trauma. You, know, you, you read about people who are being attacked, who disappear up to the ceiling, and then they look down at what's happening to them and they feel disembodied. Dissociated from the experience. And there's a lot of evidence in psychotherapy that uh, people, children who have difficult childhoods, who are abused, who grow up in very violent families, who have disrupted relationships with their caregivers, often use dissociation as a way of surviving. And so, in some sense, it's a very intelligent, you know, little children don't have many resources, and so this is, a, in one way, a very intelligent way of getting out of, or surviving long enough so that you can get out of that situation and then thrive. However, for many of us, uh, dissociation, and we'll talk about this in a bit of detail later, it's sort of on a scale. Um... You know, in extreme cases we can use it as a defence against those sort of very uh, nasty experiences. And that can stay with us through our whole life. So somebody who's been very badly traumatised in childhood, they can stay quite dissociated through their whole life. So they're sort of shut off from their experience. They do lots of things to kind of limit how much they feel, for example. However, on the other end of the spectrum, it's a pretty much an everyday thing. It's not a it's not an extreme thing dissociation. For example, you're probably no longer aware of the sound of the traffic outside in, in the streets of Scarborough. But now I've drawn your attention to it, you are associating your awareness with it. It's like you've plugged back into that experience. But naturally, we can't plug into all experience all the time, otherwise our brains would explode. So this is a very, um, again, a very intelligent use of, it's sort of like sculpting our experience. We shave off the bits that don't serve us. So we don't listen to the traffic when we don't need to. We don't listen to a ticking clock when we don't need to. So there are plenty of examples of uh, dissociation that, is, that are skillful that are healthy. So you could for example talk about um, absorption when we really absorb ourselves in our favourite piece of music, we absorb ourselves in drawing or sanding indeed. Uh, This is a form of absorption that uses dissociation in a positive way to kind of shave off all the extraneous worry and all the other bits and pieces that are happening in our experience and in order to absorb ourselves into a positive um, experience. So, we can think of um, dissociation as running on a spectrum. Over here, we've got all the positive things. So, flow state, have you heard of flow? Being in the flow, like runners who are like completely in their body, or they're just completely in the moment; everything else drops away. All they're running towards is the line. This is the flow state. Uh, the psychologist Csikszentmihalyi calls it the, the flow state. So, in some sense, you could say <clears throat> the one sense of complete openness to the moment. There's not much dissociation going on. You're, you're kind of focused and absorbed, but it's very positive. And you could say that, you know, the very far end of, of the spectrum is enlightenment. There's no dissociation. You're completely open to everything. There's no separation. You're just utterly in the moment, utterly open. And then right at the other end of the spectrum, over here, we have um, very severe psychological disorders like DID. Has anyone heard of DID? So It used to be called Multiple Personality Disorder. It's now called Dissociative Identity Disorder. And this is where people have shut down their experience so much that they can't... um, one person can't experience too many things. So they have to be one person to experience anger, say, and then they have to switch to be another person to experience love or painful memories. So what happens there is that the dissociation is so extreme that they fragmented into separate bits. So this is the very far extreme. Then you have things like PTSD, have you heard of that? That's the result of trauma. And also people have then, you know, moments where they just blank out, they just stare into space. Or they have flashbacks where they kind of, they they lose touch with reality around them and they kind of disappear into their their previous experience. So there can be extreme uh, uh, cases where dissociation really plays havoc with our perception of reality. But I want to emphasise that there's a big long spectrum, there's nothing inherently bad about dissociation. In fact, there are some uh, psychologists, Philip Bromberg amongst them, that says that actually we need some dissociation. We need to be able to switch from how we are with our bank manager to how we are with our boyfriend or our lover, and how we are with our mother, how we are with our you know, you know, spiritual teacher. know it would be weird if we didn't shift gears so there needs to be some sort of like okay I'm going to change I'm going to shave off this bit of my personality so I'm not going to be all kind of baby 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 with my bank manager but I am going to be a bit more sort of like lovey-dovey with my lover so we kind of switch as a sort of shaving off of different parts of ourselves and he argues that this is healthy you know we need to do this we can't we don't want to be like one big, you know, same person in all situations. We need to be sort of flexible. So, does that make sense? There's a sort of, of a spectrum in which we, we use dissociation, this, this tendency to uncouple our experience from reality uh, in sometimes healthy ways in order to focus, sometimes unhealthy ways when we're trying to block out too much experience. When too much reality, or any reality in fact, becomes too much, we have to shut down. Thank you for listening, and please do join us again for more podcasts from Mindsprings. You can find out more about us and our work at mind-springs.org. That's mind-springs.org.